is Bet MGM tonight. Join us for live sweats. Yes. Let's go, Kansas State. That was a big ball. Instant reaction. This is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team, my true favorite team. Less mistress, more side piece. And maybe a few regrettable decisions. Oh, he's got bust written all over him. Gutekin sucks. Jordan Edison ran a 5-3-40 and he's Tristis height. I'd take him. You know what you shouldn't have done? Bet on the Wizards. Yep. Now, live from Washington, D.C., it's Ryan Horvath, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashew. The app, and we got a four nothing lead for the Texas Rangers in the top of the fourth. That Rangers money line first five feeling pretty, pretty, pretty good right now. Happy, you know what? I, I've, I haven't dabbled too much in baseball recently, and I just had an equal today. Yeah, it feels good to just get a little quick one, though, right? Every once so in a while, I did last night, tonight, I was actually gonna take one, and I'm, I'm glad that I did it because I was gonna go under in Phillies Braves. And as I look right now, uh, we got some runs scored in that game. It's uh, actually four to one Braves, bottom of the fifth. So glad I stayed away. You know what? The universe came to you and said, No, Ryan, yeah, don't do away. this, stay don't do tonight. this. Uh, Philly, yeah, Phillies now it's it's four one, and what do we got there? Uh, yeah, you got so you can get the Phillies plus five twenty five in the money line if you want to jump on that. Nope, no one wants to do that. Okay, fine, fair enough. Nationals down seven two. No one cares about that either. You know why don't we talk about Mike Rizzo? Mike Rizzo getting his extension. Nobody nobody cares about that no. either. Okay, fine, fair enough. Only I care about it. You know what? I'm glad. All right, but yeah. So Texas up four nothing. That's one of the few that matter. Uh, Reds also up four three on the Tigers right now. You can actually get the Reds plus money even though they're up plus one fifteen uh, sitting there on the money line. So there is that. There is a little baseball, but we know we got the NFL coming up this weekend again. Thank God we got. Kyle college football. We bring on Pam Maldonado, Yahoo Sportsbook, and, you know, even though we're looking at it's weird, right? Like, it's kind of one of those slates in college football where, yes, there's games to bet on, and yes, sometimes you can even find better opportunities to win in some of these random games. You know, you kind of look at this slate and go, there's not much I'm that excited about. I think for me, I'd pro- if I'm just looking at games I'm excited about, it might be Tennessee, Florida. Like, in that, do you have anything in that game that you like? Uh, probably Tennessee and Florida would have been it as well. I'm interested in also in TCU just because I'm a Big 12 girl and they play at Houston. So I'm just thinking, is Houston really as bad as they have been? Is TCU maybe still as good? So it's just one of those Big 12 questions that I have lingering. So it's interesting to me. Speaking of Big 12 questions lingering no more Pam the Texas Longhorns you absolutely reverse mush them Quinn Ewers down 25 pounds down a mullet is this a playoff team or not no (laughs) I love my Longhorns I absolutely love my Longhorns Quinn Ewers he absolutely shut me up that's for damn sure because he showed up in this one game where it mattered most we have seen this time and time again. I can be impressed with Ewers because at least in the uh, in the match before, he ended up having zero for six on passes of 20-plus yards, and at least this time he went 50% three of six. So progression is being made for Ewers. I'm more impressed with the defense. That defense for Texas really showed out. I want to see now, can you hold on to this type of progression week after week after week because we saw it last season as well. Texas in the opening week against Alabama showed out. And then it was just one big crapshoot here on out. So as a Longhorn, I'm not holding my breath, but I am still so excited. We are still celebrating. Hook em horns. I think they're going to do it. I think yours is going to be the Heisman, too. What do you think about uh, LSU-Mississippi State? Because you look at this slate, and it's not uh, the best. Next week's going to be a lot of fun. Mississippi State's at home, nine and a half right now. Um, what, were you doing, what are you going to do in this one? 
First off, stop with the disrespect that there's not a lot of fun games this week. Guys, it's college football. We've been waiting too damn long for this. Every (laughs) game is fantastic. (laughs) And because of that, I love underdogs. And naturally, I'm looking at the underdogs. I don't do it on purpose, I swear. But Mississippi State is interesting for me. This line opened at 10, and it ticked down to 9.5. For me, the play would be under 54.5 and grabbing the points with Mississippi State at home. This is LSU's first road game. If you look at seasons past, they are 3-2 and two straight up, 1-4 and four against the spread in the last two seasons as an away favorite. Now, during that same time span, both of these offenses combined 3-6 and six to the under. That big question mark right now is LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels. He looked fantastic, um, 346 passing yards against Florida State. But you have to really look at the data points and eliminate a 55-yard pass that he had right out of the gate, 10 seconds into the match, first play of the game to running back. Trey Bradford, it was his only reception of the game. But looking at LSU now, it's a one-dimensional offense. And I love to fade one-dimensional offenses because you, if you are a pass-heavy team, you become really prone to throwing interceptions. And forcing interceptions is a skill. Mississippi State, that defense has some redemption because against another pass-heavy offense, they were able to pick four off. You know, Pam, when we watch North Carolina week one, Defense, pass rush, looked great against South Carolina. I mean, that was a team where you went, oh, oh, if they can get the defense together with Drake May, okay. And then they give up 34 points to App State last week. They go to double overtime. Now we've got North Carolina, 7.5-point favorites at home against Minnesota. Total sitting there at 49.5. Is this a game where maybe you feel a little bit more comfortable about North Carolina's defense, maybe lean towards an under in this one? I'm interested, yes, in the under on 49 and a half. You did lose. Um, you're actually gaining one point of value because the line opened 48 and a half. That's where I would be looking. Mm-hmm. Minnesota, the last two seasons, 11 and 17 to the under, 0 and 2 already this season. And why? Minnesota is a run-heavy offense, top 20 pass rush, top 10 in total defense. North Carolina quarterback Drake May. The question mark for UNC has always been: Can the offensive line hold up and protect him? Through two games, it sure as heck looks like it does because he's only had two sacks so far, which is astronomical because last year he was one of the most sacked quarterbacks. The Tar Heels offense, they are more heavy, run heavy as well, which is interesting. It could be matchup dependent off of the first two games, um, but they're 10th in rushing yards and 60th in passing. But you have a UNC running back in Omari and Hampton who is an absolute stud <laughs> against App State, 234 rushing yards. That game went into double overtime, 20 points scored in overtime. So you kind of have to look at that as an anomaly, as it being such a high-scoring game. But you have two top 20 pass rushes for both defenses. The offensive line for this, I would lean to Minnesota, but I like the under because you have two rush-heavy offenses that should have difficulty based off of the matchups against the run. So me and Ashley were on the air last Friday uh, when Indiana took on Indiana State. <laughs> I, I think we were rooting uh, as a squad for the under. Under, under, under. And it just <laughs> never was alive. Uh, Indiana hung 41 on Indiana State. Their offense Thanks for looked, bringing that up, Trista. Offense, I wanted to forget about I'm getting it. getting somewhere. <laughs> Their offense looked like the Kansas City Chiefs with Travis Kelsey last year. They take on Louisville at the crib. Do you have any plays in this one? Uh, this may be one of my, so far, one of my favorite plays for the weekend. Indiana plus 10. Give me the plus 290 money line. And the line opened 53 and a half, and it has ticked down to 52 and a half. So you've lost some points of value there. Um, so I'm looking at the points. But Louisville is laying 10 on the road because they beat a Georgia Tech team that averaged 15 points per game last year. 
That is just miscued information. Indiana at least had a really tough matchup opener against Ohio State. So for both teams, Louisville and Indiana, the stats should be skewed for both. The Hoosiers held the Buckeyes to 10 points and 180 yards in the first half. That's what has me intrigued. They forced two punts, forced a field goal, and a forced interception. So that defense for Indiana should still be should be strong, but you're facing against one of the best teams in the country year after year. You shouldn't be looking good on paper, and you shouldn't look good in a final score. But Indiana's rolling with Taven Jackson as the QB1. That's the question mark that I have on offense. Four attempts last year, only five against Ohio State. But they have at least one caveat working in their favor, is that Louisville allowed nearly 500 yards of offense um, in that first game that they had. So Indiana could have a better go at it simply because of the the Louisville defense. Compared to OSU, should be easier matchup. The defense is what gets the job done here. So I love that Louisville is also 1-2 and against the spread as an away favorite. So I will take Indiana plus 10. I will take Indiana plus 290 money line. Yeah, I like that one. What do you think about Kansas State, Missouri? Missouri, this is their first sellout since 2012. Kansas State actually had to adjust their travel. I see they're taking a bus for this game. Five and a half point spread. What would you do here? K-State quarterback Will Howard looks amazing. He's getting the attention. 67% completion through two games, but I'm interested in this defense. So for me, the play would be backing the under. Um, Eight sacks, four each in back-to-back games. Defensive ends, Caleb Duke and Nate Matlock, both producing at least a sack in each of the first two. If that pass rush is as good as it indicates, then Mizzou quarterback, Brady Cook, he could get cooked. He has four sacks against Middle Tennessee alone. Now, the Tigers came out with a 23-19 win, but Middle Tennessee is also a bottom 10 in total offense, not just this year, but they have been in years past. It's just not an offense that consistently produces. So I trust that's that to kind of stay in in line with what could uh, happen in this, this season. So I would be looking to K-State to cover the 5.5. I would lean to that as a road favorite. Just prove it. keep proving it to me, guys, that you are as good la- as you were last year. Talking to Pam Maldonado, BetMGM tonight. Uh, one of the biggest totals that we have, TCU in Houston. That's sitting around 64 and a half. At what number would you say no longer taking the over anymore in this one? Already 64 and a half. The line mm-hmm. opened at 62. You're losing two and a half points of value. Now, that may not seem like a big deal because in college, it's like touchdown to the touchdown. Every line matters, especially for the bigger name schools. Something that the books aren't looking at a little bit sharper. I would lean to the over, but maybe look for a live betting situation for a better number. You have two offenses, TCU and Houston, that are 35th and 53rd in passing offense. Only eight combined passing touchdowns between TCU, Chandler Morris, and Houston's Donovan Smith. So I have to know where is the bottom, where is the scoring coming from? Both offenses, top 28 in touchdowns scored. And it's coming from a rushing production via the quarterbacks. So if there's player props that you're looking for in college, you want to look for scoring from both quarterbacks. Morris, two ground scores. Smith has three. Both teams have already been involved in 80-point games. Both losses. TCU lost to Colorado 45-42. to Houston lost to Rice 43-41. to So maybe 64 and a half still has plenty of room there. But just because I am so conservative and I want the number that I saw, which is 62, 64 and a half is where I would lean. Where are you at with all of the hype around our Colorado Buffs? I guess all the hype now around Dion, they've shut a lot of people up and they continue to gain popularity. Where are you at in terms of betting them and whether they're for real in the Pac-12? I love Colorado and I believe in Dion Sanders and it's very much just uh tied to very similar to what I like of Dan Campbell for the Lions in the NFL. It's just about building a culture and once you build a trust, a 
or guys, you are somebody that they look up to, a mentor. A, you're not just a coach. You're somebody that they aspire to be, and they want to work harder for you, and they want to try for you. And every there's a reason why they were the most highly recruited, why every transfer player went over to Colorado, because it's Deion Sanders. And as long as he's there as head coach, I strongly believe that this offense is, yeah, is absolutely it, because he knows what he is doing. There's multiple weapons here in the receiving um, in the receiving core, you have Xavier Weaver. You also have Travis Hunter. I mean, these are all players that have already in back-to-back weeks have been mentioned about winning the Heisman. Um, I would be more so in backing them as team total overs in, sh- in getting involved in shootouts, maybe fade early and back late because they have been outside of the top 50 for first half scoring production, but they're top 20 in second half scoring production. So that's another angle that you can look at. Um, but also just pay attention to the schedule because eventually the market will catch up and overvalue them and maybe they'll win games but not cover and they do have a tough slate coming up at at Oregon, at Arizona State, at UCLA um, to close out the season at Utah. So do I expect them to like make it into the final four playoffs? Probably not, but they should have a really good winning record this season. What do you think about West Virginia Pitt? I mean, that game was pretty much pick. West Virginia, a slight dog, but I was pretty high on Pitt, and then they got beat last week and didn't look very good. Maybe this is the year that Narduzzi actually uh, can't get them over the win total. But what do you think about them against, uh, against West Virginia on Saturday? No, this is not the year for Pitt. <laughs> no, sorry, sorry about that one. But West Virginia is also one of my favorite plays for this week. Mountaineers, they are a run-first offense led by two running backs, including the quarterback in Garrett Green. He is a five foot eleven mobile quarterback. He rushed for 71 yards against Penn State. The Pitt defense gave up 216 rushing yards to Cincinnati, just over five yards per carry. West Virginia, I am a Big 12 girl, and this has been one of my angles that I've had for the last few seasons. West Virginia is a team that you back at home and you fade on the road. Both eight and five straight up against the spread at Mountaineer Field, compared to four and nine when traveling. Now, a Mountaineer defense that's produced more sacks at home in two of the last three seasons, they can't get it done when they're on the road for whatever reason. It's just a brand new, different team. That could bode well because Pitt quarterback Phil Jerkovic, he was sacked five times against the Bearcats. Potential susceptible offensive line, now facing a team that consistently year after year plays better at home, higher sack percentage. Um, Yeah, I love West Virginia here. Plus one. I'm saying plus one as opposed to the money line because now you have to start looking at value. West Virginia on the money line is minus 105, but getting plus one is minus 110. I'll take the safety net and take the plus one. Pam Maldonado, Yahoo Sportsbook and host of BetMGM Game Day, Sundays 8 to 11 a.m. Eastern right here on the BetQL Network. Also, love the backdrop, the calming tree. It's just very very soothing as we get ready for another football season. Good to see you, Pam. (laughs) Thanks. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's funny because like you look at some of these games this weekend, right? And it, it, I think there, there's two different ways to look at it, where you can joke and say, "Ooh, I don't like these matchups; they're boring." But there are there are games to bet on, just like literally anything oh, else, yeah. and that's that's really all that matters. Bet it, and forget it. Hey, that's the thing. Sometimes there are top, there are games where you say, "I'm going to bet on this thing, and I'm not going to watch one second of it, and it's totally fine." That's yeah, all you gotta do. I'm pretty jacked. It looks like either mm-hmm. uh, Pam's getting rich this weekend or I am. So I will say that. <laughs> Super Bowl champ Barrett Brooks going to join us next. Bet MGM tonight.